We got to be able to see the situations that we interpret as being a stain, the situations we interpret as being a failure when we ha can meet them with our intention and with our observation and our spiritual power and our faith, we could turn that shit into a better situation than we had in the first place. Welcome to the Gift of Failure podcast, the show that asks one simple question. What has failure taught you? And what can you do with that failure to learn? Join me as I sit down with global icons, leaders from all walks of life to explore how they have used their experiences to evolve into greatness. Let's dive in. World famous Vic Mensa. Um, I personally have been a fan uh, for many, many, many years. Um, honestly, I've watched since 2014. Um, it was pretty unbelievable to, um, at first to hear, you know, Jay-Z call you one of the most important people of our generation. And it took me a couple of years to realize why he said that I was a little late to the party and now I understand why. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to, uh, learning more about you. Um, you know, the purpose, you know, of this conversation is to bring light to failure. You know, I think that the the word failure has a tremendous amount of baggage around it, and it's highly um, misconstrued as being something different from success. And so much as far as, you know, I would say that failure is a gift. And I know that you've experienced a lot of hardship. You've lost a lot of people, um, you know, in your life. And um, I'd love to see how um, all of this really transpired and how you were able to, um, you know, take yourself from a very difficult situation and make yourself into the man that you are today that is uh, truly an asset to humanity. First of all, I want to say I appreciate you for having me, man. I think that um, the concept of viewing failure as a gift is absolutely necessary, integral to success. And I believe that in our current reality of a social media driven world, um, the facade of um, this fantasy success that exists on Instagram and exists on um, TikTok negates to most people the necessary failures that it takes to have any type of success. And um, the timing of you um, asking me to be on this podcast to me is um, very divine and integral because um, I've been meditating on the gifts that I've been given by what can be viewed as failures. And also I've been meditating on the ability that I have and we all have as human beings to transmute what is considered a failure into success. You know, one of my main uh, mantras that I've been living by recently and been handing off to friends left and right is that my goodwill is a force field by which all things are transmuted into their greatest vibrational frequency. So That's failure is transmuted into success. Hate is transmuted into love. Anxiety is transmuted I into excitement. It. 
Um, loss is transmuted in the gain. Lack is transmuted in the lots. So that's something I've been living with. That's absolutely beautiful. Talk to me a little bit more because we very much see the world the same way. Talk to me about, you know, a failure, you know, so to speak. And I use failure like in quotes because both of us know, you know, here and within failures when you find success or failure mm. is the other side of the coin, right? And people try mm. to bifurcate those things in a way that's just not true. And I agree with everything you said about just the, the you know, lack of authenticity that we see within social media and all those other things, you know, but talk to me about, you know, what it took for you to have introspection into what you initially would have thought would have been a failure that then transmuted, as you said, because I love that word, into a blessing or into mm. something, yeah. right? So talk, talk me through something like that so, you know, so, so the listeners can understand that a little better. So when I learned of the premise of your program, what came to mind is, a subject that has largely impacted my life in the last three, three or so years. So in the year 2018, I did a freestyle in which I dissed the late Triple XX Tentacion. And, you know, I called him out for violence against women and, um, and I stood on it and people were extremely upset with me you know i'm receiving I death remember. threats left and right um oh you know i've been um so to speak canceled in in certain ways and um you know more recently because i spent a lot of time being uh resentful about it you know being defensive of it and um you know pushing back fighting getting involved in violence surrounding it um and more recently, I've I've learned some brilliant lessons that have completely transformed my worldview, um, the way I see myself within it. Um, and it came to me from multiple avenues. You know, one was a book that I love that's called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovelshin. Love love the book. One of my favorites. One of the absolute favorites. And so. A friend gave me this book and it has completely transformed my mind in a lot of ways. And one thing that it said in the book that is a Bible scripture is that judge not lest ye be judged, condemn not lest ye be condemned. And, um, you know, when I started to contextualize that event within um, the framework of judge not lest ye be judged, um, and I also was in a mosque not too long ago. I've been exploring Islam and the imam was telling us a uh, cut by that's like the sermon. And so he's saying, yeah, of course, the prophet Isa, which is the Muslims, um, what they call Jesus. And so the yep. prophet Isa in, in the Quran says he has a passage in which he says, do not pay attention to the flaws of others as if you are a Lord. And I started to contextualize and understand yeah. that. My judgment um, of Triple X for what he did, right or wrong, um, was directly responsible for the judgment of me. And what I didn't understand prior to this um, 
to to this experience was that the energy of judgment and condemnation ju- judgment is for another entity you know what i'm God. saying i'm Absolutely. not allah i'm not allah in the least bit i'm not god i'm not yahweh i'm not jesus i'm not isa you know none of us are um and whether or not you believe in those entities i like to equate all of those with universal consciousness you know I, what i'm I, saying I'm, I'm i'm with you i have best friends in every walk religion race culture and to me i believe in the golden thread that unites all of them not in focusing on the the differences that would put them apart if that makes sense so we're very much in line with that belief system 100 percent. and what i've started to understand and you know been employing in each moment of my life is that you know, I've lived much of my life caught in a web of judgment, judgment of myself, judgment of people around me. Um, I, I can I remember as a little kid, you know, I always felt ostracized because I come from Ghanaian heritage and a white mother and I'm from the south side of Chicago. So I felt like I didn't have a place to begin with. But where you lived also geographically, you were kind of in a position, if I remember correctly, where kind of the rich people were on one side of the tracks and kind of you saw poverty on the other. Mm, So you were literally stuck in the middle of two generations physically. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Exactly. Exactly. And I believe that that has largely contributed to, um, you know, this, this, uh, spirit of judgment that I carried with me throughout my childhood into adulthood. You know, whether it's things as simple as being on the playground and making fun of another kid for their teeth. You know, I've always had crooked teeth. I had braces, et cetera. And, you know, I'm hey, starting to under- Hey, Fab, Fab got his tooth fixed. You can get yours fixed too if you wanted to, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> I think about it. Um, sometimes I think about it, you know, but so as, as music starts to happen, as uh, the roller coaster of fame starts to happen, um, I've got judgments on both sides. I'm judging the people who I feel like are undeserving of having more of a metric of success than me. And I'm judging the people who I feel like don't have the metrics of success that I have. I'm not only judging them, that's in my sphere of of work and of expression, but I'm also judging uh those on the other side of the political sphere. I'm judging police so hard. You know, I've I'm carrying this. I'm carrying such a such a burning um such a burning pit of coal inside of me that when I see police drive by in Chicago or in the streets, I look at them and I think I hope they die today. Fuck whoever's in that car. Fuck those police. You know what I mean? Fuck them. I hope they die today. They're terrible people. I can't even, I can't see a humanity in them. You know what I'm saying? So this entire, I do the same. I'm, I was doing the same with Trump supporters. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm doing the same with Florida. I'm like, yo, I, I think Florida should just fucking break off and <laughs> float into the ocean. You know what I'm saying? And um, this one experience with Triple X that, has led to a lot of difficulty for me, has honestly, it's taught me damn near more than anything in my life has because I have learned that those thoughts, those intentions, um, 
those actions of judgment, whether or not I I feel that I'm in a search of a righteous, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do something right. You know, I'm fighting against no um, violence against women. You know, I think that it's it's an epidemic. Well, that in goes in the foundation too, which you're which you're also you know super passionate about. I I know, and I think that dovetails you know into that. So clearly, the intention and the heart value that you bring is profoundly authentic without without question how does that translate into the work that the foundation is doing mm. versus what vic mensa is doing or are mm. they synonymous you know they're often synonymous but the way that the realizations i was just speaking about i believe impact um my work in that way um you know w- with my nonprofit organization and just it, in general like um social sphere the my work in the social sphere is that um i've began to understand that fighting for something is not always synonymous with fighting against something wow say that fighting, one more time let, let, i need to soak that in say say that say that one more time fighting for something is not always synonymous with fighting against something so many of wow. my missions in wow. life have been for the rights and the freedom of people, for justice on behalf of the people. Um, However, in doing so, I've often demonized and um, condemned and spent so much time judging that it could become hatred for those who I see to be responsible for um, any oppressions being do you think do you think the that's people? the right approach? Just out, out of curiosity, like do you find that that rage, you know, elevates you and pushes you towards a constructive outcome, or do you find that you know that type of rage that you hold has a negative impact on your soul while you're effectuating positive change? Like, how does that affect you? you know, at a spiritual level when you're fighting those battles and fighting those demons? I believe that it's corrosive, you know, the um, moving in a spirit of rage and hatred is corrosive. You know, in in the in the Bible, in the scripture, it tells you love thy enemy, you know, and something that I've come to understand and just started using in small ways in my life is instead of when I have a disagreement or I think that someone is wholeheartedly wrong. If, if I think their actions are uh, abhorrent, I instead of saying, fuck, fuck that person, I'd be like, God bless them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's I've a, it's learned. Ama- it, bro, it's amazing how powerful that is. So one of my favorite writers, Mark Twain, who I'm sure you, you like mm. as well. He, he has a quote that has always really stuck with me that you reminded me of. He said that it's not what we don't know that gets us in trouble. It's what we know for sure that just ain't so. Right. You know, and, and you know, right. And it comes to a point where so much of this learning that we talk about, we emphasize learning and learning and adding knowledge, which obviously is profound, but it feels like there's a tremendous amount of unlearning 
mm. that needs needs to happen, like an unraveling of the of these things, both internally and externally. How do you how do you feel about that? That's my right now day. with. And yeah, how's that like? What does that mean for you today? I'm gonna show you, you know, as Vic Mensa. Let me see if I have this. Thing. Okay, so look, here's what I've been doing. I've been working on these uh, meditations that um, Catherine Fraser, obviously who connected us, gave me by yeah. a man named God, Dr. God bless Joe you, Dispenza. Catherine, dear friend. Yeah. So Joe Dispenza is speaking about a lot of the things that. Um, the game of life and how to play it is speaking on that. Yeah, I, I read Toll Becoming is, Supernatural the day it came out. I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. I do all of his chakra meditations. So dope. that's my guy. It's so my dope. guy. So what I'm doing right Next now level. is Next I'm working level. on this on this change, this change game meditation where I identify, you know, the emotions and the feelings that um are not serving me you know what i've been working on is fear and i believe that that connects deeply to everything i've been talking about you know what i'm saying Absolutely. all of that judgment it's all coming from a place of personal fear so what i'm doing right now is when i feel uh those familiar feelings and those negative voices happening in my mind um you know what i'm saying i'll say change experience the, the feeling that i've memorized that's within my body and I got this clicker. So I'll go, if I, if I feel like I'm not good enough or in this, I'm not going to do a good job on this podcast, I'll go change in my mind and then I'll do, I'm infinitely powerful. And, I'm infinitely and, that, and, powerful. That's, and that's your move infinitely and that's powerful. your... 10 times. I just, I've, I'll say it 10 times, you know, whether it's that or it's my goodwill is a force field 10 times. You know what I'm saying? Like My goodwill is a force field, this man said. Mm. Yo, I'm trying to tell you. So look, um, I had gave this to one of my guys, the Goodwill is a Force Field mantra. My guy is um, a good friend of mine who's serving a 15-year sentence um, for a shooting that happened in Chicago um, during a mental health episode. And so I've been working with him for a few years, trying to get him the right lawyers because he really got you know, fucked by the justice system, the injustice Does system. Does this is ha like have to, to do with it. the shelter song you did with Wyclef? Is this what is this about Julius? No. Well, it it does have to do because it's not Julius, but it's it's no, a I, I get, but, it, but I'm saying it's the same cadence, it's, it's the same the, ethos. It's, it's the exact same ethos, the same Got type it. of relationship. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. And so we've been having lawyer trouble, you know, as happens in these situations. Recently, a lawyer that that we've that Chance and I have collaborated to get for our friend who's locked up. We were feeling that he was telling us things that he wasn't doing. And, you know, we were feeling upset. I was the whole time I'm using these new processes to um, assume the best in them. You know what I mean? Just to assume the best and to avoid blowing up, becoming upset. So I gave this, my goodwill is a force field thing to James. And prior to his conversation with the lawyer that we've been trying to set up for a long time and it's just been, you know, not happening week after week. James decided to meditate on that because he wanted to come in super hot. You know what I mean? He wanted to come in really hot and be like, man, fuck you. Why is it that you're saying this and it's going down that way? Yeah, um, rightfully so. You can he see where that come in hot. This is his life. Yeah. This, yeah. this is his life. So because the lawyer told us, and this is dope, so check this out. The lawyer told us that the last court date 
he was going to be ready to go. That's what that's what we interpreted. That's what we believe was going to happen. We got to the court date. All of our friends have logged in online because it's all on Zoom. And here the lawyer comes and he says about five words. And he says he's still going through paperwork. He's not ready. So all of the guys are in the group chat. They're like, man, James' lawyer is fucked up, this, that, and the third. Um, James, before his conversation last week with the lawyer, decided to say his goodwill is a force field. So he comes in. He comes into the conversation and not only does the lawyer apologize for, um, you know, any misunderstandings, what has happened. Not only does that happen, he tells James that actually since your last court date, the judge on your case who has not been favorable to you has been swapped out. Now you have a new judge. And Come I'm like, on. I'm like, that's what I mean by my goodwill is a force field by no, which that's a that failure. manifestation. But you designed that and and manifested it. That's no, what I I'm mean. saying. You got to look at it that way. We got to be able to see the situations that we interpret as being a stain, the situations we interpret as being a failure when we ha- can meet them with our intention. And with our observation and our spiritual power and our faith, we could turn that shit into a better situation than we had in the first place. Fucking absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's all you got is you. And, and, and I'm of the firm belief like you are that my external reality is a reflection of my internal reality. Mm-hmm. Right? What I'm experiencing 100%. out there and... I got to put the onus back on me because all I got is me, right? And I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean that in a humble way in the sense Mm of saying, you know, if I'm not looking at myself, if something's going wrong and in the exact way that you explained, who else am I going to look at? And and it starts with, um, you know, everything I believe uh, starts with our faith, everything that we want to, create starts with our faith and when i say that i don't mean our faith in a denominational way like our faith in a book. i got you i mean I got you. our belief like when you believe something wholeheartedly you know what i mean when you when you have a clear mental picture a vision of when you can feel yourself in a scenario that doesn't exist yet I mean, you've just done the work you know what i mean that's you've made it that much closer to happening and um and that is how I know that I'm transforming the things in my life that others see and I've seen as failures into successes because not only um, am I creating uh, more astronomical heights of success for myself in the current moment and in the quantum future, I'm also stepping into it having learned what I gained from falling down. You know what I mean? Who so, knows? so let me ask you a question. So is the failure the actual success? Rising above the failure, not giving up from the failure, I believe, is the success. You know what and I'm saying? And leaning into that failure. Leaning into it and learning from it. You know, Robert Downey Jr. It. Robert Downey Jr. said something very interesting, you know, when he when he got out of jail. He called it hugging the cactus, you know, and looking at his failures and look at all the, you know, the pain and, you know, that he had caused, you know, whether family or whatever it was. But at one point he had to say, I had to hug the cactus, 
you know, mm. and really embrace what that is and look deep into it. And at this point in my life, I, I think people don't have the introspection into that quote unquote failure for one simple reason. It fucking hurts. Right. It hurts. And and not many, you know, unfortunately are willing to be, you know, comfortably uncomfortable for lack of a better way of saying it. Right. And it seems like the way you're explaining this is you've come to a place in your life that you know, you can do that with an element of grace and faith that few are able to do. And, you know, how did that happen, Vic? Like, you know, how did this evolution, like, what was the impetus, like, that all of a sudden said, okay, you look in the mirror, Vic Mensa, I'm doing this. I'm a superstar. I got my stuff going. Like, was there a trigger or a defining moment where you had to say, okay, something ain't working exactly the way I need to, it is, I, I want it to be. And I need to go on this spiritual quest. Or was that always in you innately as a child? Like wh what happened there that brought you on that quest? I've been on it for so long, you know, and I've been looking um, for the language, for the community, for the tools to transform myself for so long. Um, but I only recently really started to understand how that started internally. You know, I mean, I've been to 12 step programs. I've been on every antidepressant known to man. I've been in therapy, psychiatric treatments since I was 15 i've done wow, more recently like uh transcranial magnetic stimulation ketamine therapy ayahuasca uh five meo dmt meditation. what did you find what did you find in that what <laughs> did, was there any truth that you know that it's that truth in all it's truth in all that shit but what i just you know have realized quite recently is that there's nothing externally that I can do that will be as impactful and can address what I've been dealing with my whole life um, more than or as much as transforming the way I think. God bless you. That's I mean, it. that's that, no, no truer words have, 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 have been said. Um, you know, really in, in your life, and it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in talking to, to deep people like yourself. And you and I both share a love of transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. We both share a love of, 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 you know, the esoterics. And I think, you know, on our fate, you know, on, on the surface, if they look us up, they see me as a real estate, you know, guy, they see you maybe as a rapper, people that don't know, you know, that don't know us, but in reality, mm -hmm. you know, I think we're a lot different than that as, you know, I think this conversation is, is dictating. Um, what was going on, you know, just because I'm a hip hop head and Catherine knows that. And um, talk to me about fear and doubt, mm. because that song to mm. me was. I didn't know who Vic, Vic Mensa was. OK, like, you know, and I mean that not in the sense of I hadn't heard of Vic Mensa, you know, but it wasn't until that track 
that I felt a level of vulnerability mixed with bars that very few have been able to do in, in a profound way. One is Nas, one is Cole, right? One is, you mm. know, Kendrick probably. Um, but talk to me about that song because it was so vulnerable and the way that you talked about your mom and the way you talked about, you know, becoming this man that your mother envisioned, what did, what did that song mean to you? Because I know what it meant to me because I had a visceral experience and there's other songs that I've heard on other albums where, you know, the bars or the lyrics might be harder or, you know, whatever. But mm. that one hit me in a visceral way. Yeah. More so. What were you thinking that when you wrote makes, that song? That one makes so much sense in the context of the gift of failure, um, because that song is born of one of the most painful experiences that I uh, came across or encountered in my musical trajectory. And that was the dissolution of a band that I was in called Kids These Days that I had, um, you know, poured my heart and soul into um, for the first five years of making music. You know, I had foregone so many solo opportunities, you know, to work with no ID and Atlantic Records and Warner Records. I had told everybody, no, I'm I'm loyal to the band. This is what it is. If you want to if you want to sign me, you got to sign the group, you know. And the group was um, born of myself and my best friend. You know, his, his name is Nico Segal. He's a brilliant trumpeter, jazz musician. He also plays in Chance's band um, these days, producer as well. And so. In many ways, it was like it was like a marriage, you know. I mean, it was it was like a first love. You could you could see it like a first love, you know, from about age fifteen to age twenty, and um, and you know, countless countless experiences, hours, heart and soul poured into the music, and you know, when it broke up, and I felt I felt basically ostracized. I felt pushed out because the next day they formed a new band with all the same members, but just not me, you know? So I felt very hurt. Um, Fuck. And so that, um, I, I don't know if you would call it a failure, but like, well, yeah, the failure of that union, the failure yeah. of, yeah, yeah no, the, yeah, I feel you. Would you. Call no, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, absolutely. The failure, the failure of that union um, hurt me so much. And um, that's what inspired me to make the song fear and doubt and it's full of you know just rumination on um the ways that i've been impacted by situations like that but also comes around to a place near the end of the verse where you hear me get into it's never been meant when when the the grit you comes out of my voice come out that yeah because it was like i was in the midst of this and i'm thinking about no you, know, you felt the fire you I'm felt the about, heat there in the beginning part of the verse i'm thinking you know Given the current circumstances, I stand alone. No one hold me but me. I mean, it's hard not to be stressed, stretching myself to the bone. Can't feel my chest. I've been heaving from all the smoke. I've been breathing in just to not be depressed. And I'm thinking about, you know, how I feel from the band breaking up. And I'm thinking about, you know, 
killing myself with the shit I don't rap about no more because I understand the power of my words. But that's where my head was at. And then you hear in that Real. voice that, you know, through that pain, I broke through. You know what I mean? And you don't get that type of, you don't get that expression, you know, without that repression or or, or that oppression. You know what I'm saying? By by circumstance, that expression that breaks through, um, which I feel is the the success that we speak of, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't happen without the the struggle and strain that it took to get there. I'm with you. And so, and so in that trajectory, um, how did that alter all of a sudden fast forwarding to, you know, to signing to the rock, to going to Hove, to going like, so meaning like, now looking back, you know, and connecting those dots and putting them all together of what was a failure. And now where all these things have, you know, have, you know, transmuted, iterated into now, how do you look at that situation? I look at that situation as having taught me uh, countless, boundless lessons. Um, that situation taught me so much about music to begin with you know it was a band full of jazz musicians so i learned about coltrane and miles and bird and so it actually evolved Keith your Jarrett music and, as well sly and the family stone and uh you know the pixies and rage against the machine there's so many things that have that have significantly impacted me that i got from that experience you know what i'm saying um, not to mention like just a deep appreciation and um, understanding of the way to wield musicality in my own solo music. Because prior to that, Nico was my best friend. So I would have some trumpet on a record. But, you know, had I just gone on a, tra on a, tra on a trajectory where I was just rapping over beats, um, I don't know if I would have ever developed such an eclectic um an, an eclectic musical sound in my music, which I feel like is a, a strong suit of what I do. You know what I'm oh, saying? And no, no, no question. And by the way, and you're also, I mean, you're also producing, you're mixing. I mean, like you're, I mean. I learned so much about you're in it. what I do from that. Yeah, that taught, that taught me, and it taught me about uh, collaboration with people. You know what I'm saying? It taught me about, um, compromise you know what i'm saying being in a band will teach you about compromising ways that you probably know because <laughs> you said you play music created it with other people will teach you about compromising ways that nothing else will you know what i'm saying and um those are just like endlessly valuable lessons that i learned from this situation so these are so it's fair to say they're gifts, they're gifts. Yeah. Yeah, you took you took the word you took the words out of even out of the my song mouth. Fear and Doubt is a gift. That's a gift that comes directly well, from I'll this tell you failure. one thing. It was a it was a gift for me, you know, because you know, what was that, 2013, 14? Yeah, that's thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, thirteen or fourteen. And I remember hearing it and it's still, you know, in my you know, my Spotify, my like stuff and when I'm in my feelings and I'm at a, the kind of that place where we all get to. And, you know, at this point in my life, vulnerability is power. Um, and I've, I've come to learn that, you know, the, 
the hard way, which most things worth doing are, you know, are kind of hard. But, you know, when I listen to that record, it makes me rethink my missteps or rethink my, rethink my iterations. And, you know, I feel blessed that you went through that to where I could experience it and I could feel it on that deep visceral level that I do. And I was going to, I was going to ask you, I don't know how often people talk to you about that particular record or not, but for me, that one was, um, you know, that's a sleeper classic, my dude. That's one of my favorites, man. And honestly, like most of my favorite things that I've ever written come from experiences like that you know they come from experiences of pain i feel like pain is the seed that uh blossoms into beauty you know what i'm saying um and even albums you know i mean the most tortured artists have often been those that have given us the fuel to live through tragedy you know from no, well, Tupac well oppression to to oppression oppression i didn't mean to cut you off but you know but you know if you look at the deepest areas of oppression historically has led to the greatest art mm -hmm. i mean truly i mean right? i mean in, in any culture go back ten thousand years it's, it's led to it's led to that so you know at this point in your life you know, you're at the very beginning of your career, very young man, extremely accomplished. You know, what's next for for Vic Mensa? Like, what is, you know, what's what's the passion now, and um, what's the next mistake to make, so to speak? And I mean that in a loving way, like meaning yeah. like what what's what's the next big one you're going to go to? What's the swing? to make the mistake, to find the gift, to find the blessing. Like mm. what, what's on your agenda right now to go after, um, you know, in the profound way that I know you do everything you, you do with passion and with authenticity, but what's next? Well, the first thing that came to mind is today, you know, and learning to take each today to move through it with grace, grace for, myself grace for every fellow man and woman um music is of paramount importance to me you know i'm in the studio right now working on my next project and um so you know that, that's what i'm focused on but in many ways um i'm just learning how to integrate these understandings that have recently started to download into my psyche, into the music that I make, into the films that I'm working on, um, into the book that I'm writing, you know, and, and making all of these things, um, making all of these things come together and represent me truly. I've been really inspired by another failure that, you know, people can see failure of the world to maintain Virgil Abloh for us. You know, that's been rest, major, rest in peace, rest in peace, man. But My it's been God. so inspiring for me because, um, you know, Virgil has shown us that and, and shown me, you know, that I can exist in uh, perfect self-expression in you know, in, in, in any way that I choose. You know what I mean? I, I don't have to be limited to a lane. You know, Virgil was 
um, expressing himself in music, fashion, art, ex exhibition at the MCA, you know, making a table or a chair or a blimp or a mix, you know. Um, and so one thing I'll say about him is that he was doing it with grace the whole time, man. You know, like he wasn't stressed. Um, he sure he made was, it look he effortless. It. He didn't seem he, very he make it. He made it look effortless. My, <laughs> my yoga teacher used to say it takes a whole lot of effort to become effortless. But mm. like when he moved, it was like he floated. Right. Yeah, like got, it was almost like, is that right? Like it just kind of oh, felt 100%. like it just felt 100%. like he was floating. I, I never got to know him in person, you know, but but watching from the sidelines, like he just. He had he he had that you know he had you that know, special thing. There was one uh, there was one story at the funeral yesterday that um somebody told I don't remember who it was um but they were talking about Virgil on uh maybe they were on the Watch the Throne tour and I think this was something that we can all learn from I know I can I've been working on it today um so Virgil is making a a graphic that's either for an album cover or, you know, tour merch or something. Um, he's on Photoshop for about an hour. He's got a gallery of about 25 people standing directly behind him. I'm assuming these people include Kanye West, Don C, Malik Youssef, you know, might be Jay-Z, might be Lenny. You know what I mean? A, a crazy yeah. Yeah. gallery of 25. And everybody's like, try this, try that. Try this, try that. Virgil's sitting there on Photoshop. And they said never at one point in time did he get frustrated, upset, and be like, yo, I know what I'm wow. doing. Like, let me just, you know what I mean? Let me, you know what I'm saying? Because he cared about all these people's input and he was graceful. So wow. that's been on my spirit because, you know, wow. when things start to seem troubling or, um, you know, or, or frustrating, it's easy, to, it's easy for us to respond um, in frustration. But Virgil knew that his energy could transmute frustration into inspiration. You know what I'm saying? So he was just moving. He was just moving in spirit. Um, and there's one other story that's been on my mind as we've been speaking that I wanted to. Um, Please share. I, I wanted to share. So I was outside of the mosque the other day and I'm talking to a couple brothers on the corner. Um, directly adjacent to us is a group of Nigerian men speaking boisterously and loudly as they do, if you know Nigerians. Um, and so one of the guys that was next to me, he was like, man, it's a lot of them. Them Nigerian brothers be deep, you know? And the other guy was like, he was like, yeah, but them brothers be racist though. Um, and then huh? the first, it's true. There's a lot of misunderstandings between black Americans and black Africans, you know, sure. um, okay. just a lot of stereotypes like, that, they hold like intra, intra yeah, that they hold about that. They hold about each other. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, the first, the first brother, he responded um, in, in response to, yeah, but them brothers be racist though. He was like, man, that's between them and Allah. And I thought that was so fly because I was like, how often do oh, I sit around? My God. And how often do I sit around and think about like all those people that stormed the Capitol and be like, look at these racist idiots, like uh, fuck these people, you know what I mean? Um, when it's like the the truth is, man, that's between them and 
a higher power. Like that's between them and God, them in the universe. You know what I mean? So I wanted to share that because I feel like we could all use that. You know what I'm saying? We we all could, man. And I'll I'll ask you a question. You know, obviously out of respect for your time, and um, this has been for for me. You know, this has been a, a very healing conversation, and quite frankly, I'm I'm looking forward to go back and and watching this again and absorb. Uh, a lot more of the energy that you've brought, which is just so clean and pure and beautiful. But um, if there was one thing that you wish everybody knew, what would that be? The one thing that I wish everyone knew is that every thought, every action every intention that you hold even those unspoken and undoubtedly every word directly impacts your reality it comes right back to you and your word has the power to build and it has the power to destroy by our tongue we are liberated and we are condemned and that's the one lesson that I feel the more of us who grasp that and act in accordance with it, the better world we'll live in. That is absolutely beautiful. And I agree with you 100%. Um, Vic, this has been an honor and a pleasure and um you've taught me a lot today my friend i appreciate you man thank you for having this me. is so beautiful and uh you let me know um what you're working on uh we have our family foundation the rastigar family foundation that shares a lot of the core values um that you all have and the things that you all are doing um you know if you'd be gracious enough to allow us support you and some of the causes that you have, um, we'd love to be a part of it. We'd love to uh, help be an advocate for you, your cause, your platform, um, because, you know, you're a ray of light, man. And uh, the world needs more of you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And um, I appreciate your time and I appreciate being with you and Look forward to us getting out to Fairfield, Iowa and doing some meditations and, you know, tracking our heart rate variabilities and going deep and, uh, you know, mining for those jewels and sharing these conversations and uh, continue to not only learn, but unlearn that old programming that we mm. all need to delete too. Word. I appreciate you, Ari. This is a beautiful mission that you're on here. And thank you for including me. Like it's the the pleasure is all mine. You have a beautiful day, man. God bless you. All uh, love. You too, God. And we'll be in touch, man. I'll all talk right, to you peace, in a bit. Bro. You got a big dog. Thank you for listening. To access the full scope of lessons, pre-order your own personal copy of the book, The Gift of Failure. Currently available on Amazon and other platforms to come. Until next time. Fail on, my friends.